mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cynonauts! Hey, I'm Ian. I'm Boom. This is Kadger. And welcome to another episode of Cynonauts Exploring the Criterion. Today we are continuing our journey through the Oscars universe with uh, and an upcoming Criterion release. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to be talking about Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal, starring Riz Ahmed, <laughs> Olivia Cook, and Paul Racy. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Very excited to talk yeah. about this one. Um, Same. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sound of Metal got nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, among others. Uh, but we're going to have to talk about that in just a little bit. We're going to have to make people wait. Uh, let's catch up, though. What did, what did you all get into this week? I feel like it... I know we are recording on our schedule, but for some reason it felt long. Maybe it's because I was really busy last week. Yeah. But anyway. Like in between episodes, uh, you mean? Yeah. I yeah. It felt you. long for some reason. Long? And yet I didn't get any, like, I did not watch that much stuff. I actually like, spent time outside this weekend, which was really nice. Actually, I saw Boom. I saw Boom from a socially safe distance. Yeah. Outside. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What What did you guys do? Had some beers. Hung yeah, out. Shot the shit. Played some Sex in the City trivia. Yes, we did. What was the hardest question from that? Do you remember? Honestly, for me, all of them. But Boom Boom had no issue. She was just racking up points <laughs> left, right, and center. Yeah. I, I want I want a sample of a question. Yeah. There's some that it? are like super specific. Like it was like who did Carrie dance with at like so and so's wedding or uh, that one oh, wasn't okay. too hard, but just like, or like, what was the name of the character that like, I, I don't know. <laughs> just, right, right, just right. Like, so kind of a there were of so many questions and like some of them were quite obvious and then they just like, some of them were quite hard. So it's fun. Was it like a, was the board game like designed like a stiletto or something <laughs> like that? The, the actual board. They always do that. I feel like with like movie based games, they design it after. I think movie. the game no. was originally like a board game, but I, I think... Emma got it at like a value village or something. So the board game itself wasn't in there. It was just the cards and a really super yeah, pink. That's all dice. you need anyway. Yeah. That was, yeah. 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 Really need. The, it's a very pink board game. Yeah. Everything is pink. <laughs> Other than Sex in the City trivia, prepping for Synonauts in the city. Yeah. Uh, Catcher, what, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched a really bad horror movie called 24 Hours Open. <laughs> I oh. saw that review come My through. goodness. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, <laughs> I don't that. Uh, yeah, it was just uh, you never know like what's like it's one of those things where you don't know what's going on, but it's not like in a clever way. It's just like mm. a woman kills her husband who is actually a serial killer. And she gets out of jail because I guess mm-hmm. she was helping him. And uh, it's the. She's doing the night, her first night shift at a gas station as her first job after getting out of jail. And mm-hmm. she's having all these crazy hallucinations of that her husband is maybe stalking her or mm. something. Ooh. It's bad. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not no, good. That, everything. I just told you the whole, that's, that's yeah. everything. 
It's real. <laughs> it's really. It's it was really bad. Um, and then uh, when you do your like Shutter movie of the week, I can always tell like which ones you liked and which ones you don't like <laughs> because the yeah. ones you don't like, you literally just tell us the whole plot. I try to save great. anyone from having to watch it. Just don't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, tell you everything you need to. It, you're, it's it's successful because I will, will absolutely not watch them, but it's it's great. I love it. <laughs> you put it on your not list. Uh, yeah. And then the the only other thing I've been watching is I've been like really just steamrolling through Parks and Rec. Nice, um, nice. I love Parks. I love and Rec. A, I love that show. That show is so good. Yeah, yeah. I think. I figured out if you go one through season one through four, you'll have an excellent time. And then you could probably just skip to like the last season. I think uh, five and six are a little, they're not as perfect. I skip all the episodes with Mark Brandenowitz. That could not be more, that guy could not be more boring to me. I actually Ooh, like but, um, him as an actor. Uh, yeah. What's his name? He's fine. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I always usually know his name. But yeah, I really like him. So yeah, but I know what you mean. It sort of gets better as he's gone. It's so much better when Rob Lowe and Adam Scott show up. For sure. So I, I typically, when I do my rewatches, I usually like start there. True. Not that there are obviously good episodes earlier, but it really picks up for me then. For sure. Nice, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I just think it's such a great show. All the character dynamics are so wonderful. Um, also for that show, how about that show basically predicting the run of Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton yeah. years before it actually happened? Oh, wow. Like, like it's basically identical. Paul Rudd's character. Paul Rudd. Yeah. He's like the son of the, the town. The big thing in town is like they're, they have a uh, candy like factory. Candy oh, making <laughs> factory. Yeah. yeah. So he's the Sweetums. son of the guy. Yeah. Sweetums. <laughs> he's the son of the, the head CEO of the company and he goes for mayor. And and uh, what's her name? Uh, Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope goes against him, yes. and it's essentially Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Trump. Like, <laughs> all, like it, it it honestly plays out like almost exactly as it, it does. does yeah. People are saying, "Well, I just can't. I, I I feel like I can have a beer with him." Or no, he's just so good to talk to. Mm. Like so many things. Like holy, sh like <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, overall, it's so it's just wonderful. All the characters are really great and the way they sort of like work them into the storylines just so fun mm -hmm. and yeah and they grow very well like the characters have some internal growth which is nice nice boom what did you watch um yeah i watched quite a bit this week um i know catcher still needs to watch margaret and I, ian i know you still need to watch san junipero but i did yes. watch margaret um and i you kind are of so much better than us oh my god i just have more time on my hands to be honest <laughs> that's all it, that's all it comes down to um but yeah I landed kind of like in a middle place with it like I I enjoyed it um mm -hmm. but obviously mm -hmm. we'll get more into it uh when we've all seen it um but I definitely feel your feels Ian um about the like loved it <laughs> slash hate it kind of vibes um what else did I do? Did you figure out if you had seen the the longest cut? Um, yeah, the, I did. I did figure it out, and I did okay. end up watching the extended cut. So, yeah, um, that is the preferred version of the director. So, yeah, okay. there's a there's a version on Disney Plus, and that's the like I guess uh like shortened cut or whatever theatrical. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So I did that. Um, I guess like my biggest, most exciting watch of the week was last week after we recorded, 
I put on one of my favorite go-to feel-good movies, um, Magic mm-hmm. Mike XXL. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now with like Letterboxd, I guess like some people had seen I'd watched it and then like some other people watched it, which was um, kind of fun. But yeah, I said in my like review of it, I was just like, I just feel like this film is a love letter to women. Uh, mm. <laughs> I I do really like the first one. But like I said to you, Ian, I just feel like the second one is everything like with the marketing of the first one. Like we thought we were kind of getting this like racy, like kind of raunchy, like movie right. about male Comedy, strippers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up being this like really like deep, like introspective, like look at uh, life as a, as a male sex worker. Um, so I feel like the second film is kind of like everything you thought and wanted the first film to be. Um, right. So that's a yeah, fair way I, to put it, too. Yeah. I just really enjoy it. I remember like at the time I saw it, I was like Magic Mike XXL is like the greatest feminist film of all time. Um, and obviously it's, (laughs) obviously it's like not, I was just super excited. Like, I know you could probably take like a feminist theory scalpel to it. Um, but it does just offer up this like really fun film that even though it's like about men, women are still at the center and they're just kind of like being celebrated and their sexuality is being celebrated. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot of fun. And and it's not just for women. Like everybody can enjoy it. I know Catcher's is a huge fan of it. So yeah, big fan. Yeah. If you need to pick me up, watch Magic Mike XXL. Um, and yeah, and then I also watched. So tomorrow night I'm recording uh, with Dune Pod, and that episode mm. I think will be out next Monday. So I watched Malcolm and Marie because um, we'll be discussing that film. I won't say too much about nice. it. Um. But all I will say is watching that film made me feel like I wanted to punch a hole in the wall. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, if you, okay. you want to hear my in-depth thoughts, uh, listen to Doom Pod when it comes out. It'll be out on Monday. Um, <laughs> it's going to be nice. A true, te- be, a true teaser. Yeah. That's a, a spicy teaser. teaser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. <laughs> all right. Ian, Punching did- the wall in joy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was pure anger. No, no. <laughs> Ian, what did you do? What'd you get up to? I watched a fair amount this week. Let me see. Uh I started watching, I'm about halfway through the Q Anon documentary that's on <laughs> HBO Max. Okay. Okay, what do you think? What do you so think so far? I'm like halfway through it. I'm like low-key obsessed with QAnon, like not being a QAnoner, obviously, but I like I'm reading up all like the crazy shit that people like try and dissect from Q. Like even right now, like people in QAnon think that Trump is secretly still the president of the United States and that Joe Biden is just like an acting is just like acting as president because the country like couldn't take it. If like Trump, I don't know. It's like, it's really crazy. It's really insane. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. So I'm like pretty like, sounds like an M. Night in, like, Shyamalan reading, movie. Re- yeah. Reading yeah, the insanity of real, it. Though. Um, yeah. watching the documentary is really, really interesting because it's, it's, it is about, um, QAnon obviously, but it's also just really about like edge dark, like borderline dark web type stuff on the internet, which is really fascinating. 
I will say there is like a pretty, I think they don't tell you, but there should be a pretty big trigger warning on it. They show a lot of graphic stuff. Um, they even show you like a big part of the reason QAnon and 8chan got recently famous or famous a couple of years ago is because um, like the, one of the mass shootings that happened in, in New Zealand, like a guy on 8chan like said he was going to live stream it and he did it. And they actually like show footage like leading up to it. So Oh trigger God. warning like as like yeah, sure. as like absurd it is to watch and like pretty funny just hearing these people talk it is they do show some graphic stuff so warning there but uh it's really interesting so far i'm very the curious. characters that they're like you you are introduced to yeah they are just like insane what yeah okay. insane yeah. completely like basically who you would expect to be like really deep into QAnon. like zero people have surprised me so far <laughs> right yeah but even the people like who are running like 8chan yeah and stuff like those people are just like whoa yeah like oh my yeah. gosh Everyone's this crazy. is where it all started that's where it started did, like these people did yeah. you finish it catcher i have not finished it yet no no i've been meaning to how many is how many episodes total is it do you there's like there's like six okay. i think yeah uh and then I watched Solo ahead of uh, mm-hmm. oh, 70 nice. millimeters blockbusted month episode. I'm one of the kind of people who like, I just think any Star Wars is good Star Wars. It takes me like a lot to really not like anything mm-hmm. that has to do with Star Wars. Uh, but that being said, I really like Solo. Um, genuinely like it. I think Alden Ehrenreich was great as Han Solo. I know that might be a spicy take to some people, <laughs> but I thought he was great. I think I, I enjoy so- watching Solo more than Rogue One. Like I have a wow. like really just solo i can just put on and like enjoy watching rogue one nice. it's like uh, i have to yeah, like, like pay attention focus. like really super focus and like it's really intense Solo, you just put it on it's a fun heist movie it's goofy it like feels very star wars to me um so nice. I, yeah I, i've i've watched solo way more times than rogue one if i'm being honest here yay uh, whoa yeah. okay that's all right well i i mean i have to watch it too so i'll watch it before thursday it's like the absolute last Star Wars film oh, that I, nice. I've yet to watch. So I'm yeah, excited. I'm curious how Ooh. you. I'm curious how you will like it. Not having like years of Harrison Ford as Han Baggage. Solo in your blood. Yeah, you know? mm. like That's me, true. I have that, but I I still think he's great. Yeah. Aaron Reich. So I think you made a good point when you said that. You know, it, it's just like he's like the most beloved film character, one of the most beloved film characters of all, of all time. time. And it's yeah, just like he, naturally people's just like last week with like one night in Miami. It's like we've had people playing those roles before. So naturally you're comparing mm-hmm. them, but it's like you should just be trying to let yourself experience exactly. like the actor playing the role. Exactly. And, and like try. Leonardo It'll DiCap- just, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was like Leonardo DiCaprio could have been Han, could have been Han Solo and people wouldn't have liked it. Like I'm I'm firm. I'm yeah. a firm believer. Yeah. Nobody would do a Han Solo and make anyone happy. Which maybe Disney messed up by even trying to do it in the first place. Yeah, uh, there's a reason they did like digital spoilers, spoilers for for Mandalorian spoilers. Okay, there's a reason they did digital versions of uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker and the version they yeah. did digital versions of Carrie Fish of uh, Princess Leia and all that sort of stuff because yeah. I think they learned from Han Solo like people aren't going to be happy if you recast them, etc. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Thanks for having us. <laughs> you know, the only time I can think of a, of a, a successful version of that is uh, when they got Chris Pine to do Captain Kirk. I mm. think he managed to, like, there are moments in the first film that are amazing where he, he sort of falls into mm. this amazing Kirk that feels very authentic and then yet still feels incredibly modern. Right. 
I think his performance in that is like super underappreciated. Like what he's doing in that movie is nice. Hmm. I've never seen yeah, it. But, I don't know anything about Star Trek. You've never seen the first new Star Trek? Movie? I have never seen a Star Trek movie. The one with Chris I've, Pine, I've, you've never, I've never seen, seen that? I've never seen a Star Trek movie. Mine... Can, I tell you some, can I tell you something seriously yeah, right yeah. now? You don't need to know anything at okay. all. That movie is incredible. Yeah, I... That might be one of the most perfect move, like <laughs> most perfect movies, <laughs> adventure movies ever made. Okay. Ever. It's wow. really good. I, I, it's really I, I good. I trust you. Oh. People like it a lot. I just, I don't have anything against Star Trek. I just wasn't raised on yeah. it, so I just never watched nope. it. And I'm like, there's a lot to catch up on, so I've never taken the time, but... Oh, take the time to watch okay. that. I, I, I just genuinely think you'll like it. Yeah. And what's nice about it is at the time, uh, a lot of people gave J.J. Uh, Abrams a little bit of like a rub, like a surprise, like yeah, a trouble, not trouble, but just like poking at him, just being like, this is basically Star Wars. Like he assumed he'd never get a chance to make Star Wars. So he did it in that. So he made a sort of a Star Wars-esque, like New Hope <laughs> version of Star Trek. Right. Uh to its benefit. Right. And uh, it's just like really got, got amazing, amazing energy. So, yeah. Nice. Yes. Uh, let me think. That's basically it. I, yeah. That's all that's interesting uh, that I watched this week. Before we get to Sound of Metal, want a quick reminder, we do have some emails and uh, some fun social media stuff we're going to chat about at the end of the episode. And if you want to ever send us a voicemail, send that over to synodotspod at gmail.com or uh dm us on instagram leave a comment there i say us like it's multiple people but as we all know it is mostly boom so make sure <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you dm boom uh via at synonauts because there's always fun stuff there that we'll get to she's the mo- she's the one you want to talk to most that's anyways. true trust no. us on that. i think they i think they have to trust themselves on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're much more fun you stop it you guys are fun you stop right now <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about sound of metal so before we get into our time machines that will be used very briefly uh for those who haven't seen it you should a uh but sound Mm -hmm. of metal is about a drummer played by riz ahmed who begins to lose his hearing and has to come to grips about uh his life and his new reality and uh it, it really investigates what someone who is going through that trauma uh, or situation would have to would feel like um, not only in terms of losing his hearing, but also losing what, you know, someone would define as a part of their identity uh, and their relationships around them. Uh, like I said earlier, it was nominated for six Academy Awards. So we're talking about it here in our little exploration yes, of the Os- of the uh, 2021 Oscars universe. So let's get into our time machines and go back just a little bit to 2009 uh back in 2009 the director derek c in france uh he also directed blue valentine wrote (laughs) i love him (laughs) wrote a movie called metalhead uh in which a drummer of a heavy metal duo blows out his eardrums and must learn to adapt in his new world the movie was shot uh, and actually featured members of a real-life punk band called Jucifer uh, playing themselves <laughs> in, like, a docudrama <laughs> type thing. Jucifer, J-U-C-I-F-E-R. I would just like to spell that out loud. Um, or Jucifer, I guess. I just assume it was Jucifer, like Lucifer, but who knows. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they play themselves in, like, a docudrama mockumentary type thing, not as a comedy, but 
to explain it. Uh, the project was shelved for various reasons. And in 2016, uh, Darius Martyr, who had worked with uh, C in France before, asked permission to rework Metalhead and uh, eventually got approval and then started production on what we now know uh, as Sound of Metal. Mm. So Martyr was rumored to have worked on his internal like theory casting of who he would want to play these roles for like 12 years before wow. even asking permission wow. to work on it. Um, so I find that really interesting. I guess he had like boards of like who he thinks could actually like do these roles. Uh, the initial casting had Dakota Johnson uh, playing the oh, role. No. Of the co- yeah. Oh, do you not like Dakota Johnson? No, I do, but like not, not, not in this. Not for not this in role. This. Okay. Dakota, stay away. Sorry. <laughs> I love Dakota Johnson. <laughs> too much. Too much for Dakota. I you think? I love Dakota Johnson. I do. I do too. She's so yeah. good. Uh, where was I? Anyway, uh, so she was attached to the project until 2016, until Olivia Cook and Riz Ahmed stepped in in 2018. Um, obviously fantastic performances on both of them, mm-hmm. but Ahmed in particular really, uh, immersed himself in the role. He was studying ASL and practicing drums multiple hours a day, you know, for part of the production, he even wore like sound blockers in his ears that to wow. make it so that he couldn't even hear his own voice. Um, and only spoke to mm-hmm. the director cast and crew via ASL. So very much immersed in the role, which I think comes out on screen, um, and so obviously uh, they were fantastic, but I think the real key casting in this role is actually that of Paul Racy, who plays Joe, the founder of the deaf rehab facility <clears throat> that uh, Riz's character goes to in the film. And uh, Paul isn't actually deaf in real life. However, uh, he is a big figure in the CODA community, and CODA uh, means children of deaf adults. Uh, there's actually a movie called CODA coming out that was at Sundance. I got a lot of high praise that it's about this, but... Coda, he is a uh, Racy is uh, a, a Coda member of the Coda community. Again, children of children of deaf adults, uh, and he actually performs in a band that performs in ASL, which is kind of interesting. So I guess they have music uh-huh. and like they perform all the all the lyrics uh, using ASL, uh, and then obviously the film features many cast members who are um, actually deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film has been praised by the deaf community as one of the first films to really show themselves honestly not in a glorified and romanticized way that a lot of films tend to do. And not only uh, films about deaf people, but films about people with handicaps or, uh, you know, mental illnesses just in general. I feel like there is a lot of romanticization uh, about the struggles that go along with that. Um, And so many people in the community felt that this is the first film to really show what it's like. Um, If you're curious about that, you can go to YouTube. There are a lot of hard of hearing YouTubers who reviewed Sound of Metal um, so you can kind of get a sense of of what nice. they, uh, what their thoughts are there. And they're pretty interesting to watch. So definitely check those out. Um, yeah. I mean, Sentimental, like I said, nominated a bunch of Academy Awards. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to win any of the big boys. Uh, mm. I think it will obviously win Best in Sound Design, and it might run yeah. away with Best Editing. Um, I would hope. Was it nominated for Best Screenplay? Uh, yes. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. But I think it's a. St- I don't think it's going to win. It's a pretty stacked category. That's up against Judas, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. So tough category. Um, mm. But the uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, Riz unfortunately I think would well deserve Best Actor. But he's not going to win that just because it's up against um, uh, Chadwick. Chadwick Boseman. 
and yeah. then supporting. I know nobody. I is- Sorry, I was just Go gonna ahead. say like I know nobody wants to say it. I love Chadwick. Like when he died, I was so affected and sad by it. Yeah. saddened by it. But um, like Riz and Steven, I it's just yeah. It's yeah. I know. I don't like it's it's it seems shitty to say, but like, no, I I say it. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I think Ian, you even alluded to this yesterday. I, last I said episode, I said I that last week. I yeah. said if 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 you yeah. know, fortunately, if Chadwick hadn't died, I don't think anyone would be talking about this performance. Uh, his well, his performance maybe, but yeah. I don't think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would be nominated for. It would have far less discussion around it. I think if what does that sound? Yeah. Oh, Var- um. Anyway. Yeah, so let's chat about uh, Sound of Metal. Yeah, I, I am curious, Boom, since you brought it up right away. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious as to what you thought of the screenplay. I mean, you seem to really think it would deserve a shot there to win. Yeah, honestly, like even I know you don't think it'll win. Maybe it probably won't. I've seen most of the movies that you kind of like said are in that category. Mm-hmm. I think that this film has some of the best writing mm-hmm. um, I've seen in film possibly ever. There's something about it. Um, Nothing feels forced or out of place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The subtleties like in the story, I find, you know, and like the quietness of the film overall actually end up playing quite loud. I just feel like usually when we see stories like this, it's very in your face. And just like everything about the plot and like the way that the characters um their stories were kind of like revealed through the writing through the dialogue through the signing and all of that i just felt was very incredible um obviously like we're cent- centering ruben and i think he's such like a well rounded well written well acted character but mm-hmm. then also there's something in the writing that allows all the other characters that are in this film to seem even though they're in supporting roles to seem equally as important. And you get this like wholesome view of who they all are. And I just think that what is happening in this film is kind of rare. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that I attribute to the writing and direction and acting literally everything about it is amazing. But a standout for me in this film is, among other things, the writing. I, I don't know. Mm. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, when I say I don't think it's going to win, it's not because I don't think it deserves it. I just think... A hundred percent. I just don't think the votes are there. Yeah. Um, but The Oscars are just a different game. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's a breed. We know it's in political. Our hearts, it's campaigning. Exactly. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. It, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes into it other than what's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I something so I watched this movie back when it first came out in December, and I watched it again ahead of this. And I agree that something that caught me in terms of like the screenplay is that they're kind of writing the movie twice. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that, or maybe even three times. So what's interesting about the movie is that the subtitles are actually like hard coded into the film. Yeah. So if you went to a theater, there are subtitles throughout the entire thing, even if it's not in ASL. This is very interesting because I rented my copy and I couldn't mm-hmm. get subtitles on at what? all at any really? point. There was only a couple moments when I could see it and that was it. Interesting. Maybe some of the streamers don't do it now. Because it was it was like I got it from 
think I got it from YouTube. Like I rented it from you through YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, it was like only like a couple dinner sequences that had interesting subtitles. And I was like, oh, I guess they're just like, if you can't hear, that's huh. part of the experience. And I was like, oh, oh okay, I guess that's part. But yeah. No, I think that when so I watched this originally in the fall and I rented it from um, TIFF, like the TIFF site. Mm -hmm. And the subtitles stopped like so there were subtitles, sorry, open captioning during all like the spoken parts. Um, And then any when Riz like didn't or sorry, Ruben like was didn't understand sign language there were there was no captioning and then when he starts yeah. to learn it then the captions came i thought that was like intentionally done i don't know if that maybe now there's different versions yeah maybe now there's different versions but that was definitely intentionally done for the yeah. screening versions and oh, stuff i would like have that. loved to have seen that i would have loved interesting yeah that's a different that's that's funny i wonder why google did that classic yeah. Sorry, Ian, back to your point. We totally derailed yeah, you. Yeah. Sorry, no, 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 it's cool. uh, no, it's fine. Uh, but I was just going to say, so they had to write it for dialogue, like mm -hmm. spoken dialogue. They had to write it to for the burnt-in uh, captioning. And then they have to write it in like in a way that makes sense for ASL. Because yeah. in my research, I actually didn't realize that like ASL grammar is different than like traditional spoken like i don't know what the correct word to use but spoken english is like mm -hmm. asl is different and the way you're phrasing it is different so they kind of wrote it three different ways oh. because something i read is that a lot of the times when people are speaking asl in movies um it's clear when the studio isn't using an actual like a someone like a good uh like what translator or a good uh collaborator with them because they can tell the grammar's off and right. so apparently Santa Metal does a really good job of doing the correct grammar that is associated with ASL. Um, mm -hmm. So that I, th I think is very cool and something I really appreciated this time when I was like watching yeah. it through, just trying to think that oh, they have to do a lot more than what most films would have to yeah. do. And it's just so exciting to see that they, they put in that work because we like take these stories all the time and like throw them into these like big Hollywood machines and, they they become this huge like aspirational thing um mm -hmm. but we never <laughs> but a lot of the times like the people who are make actually making the films aren't spending the time to like be inclusive and and do that work and that's something right. that like really shines through in this for me totally yeah I, 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 just to like double down on that i think what's so great about the movie is like it puts that amount of care and consideration and attempts to really capture all aspects of the film in that same careful and considered way. Like I just think the way that all of the relationships play out in this film are so realistic. Um, our mm -hmm. The performances mm -hmm. are some of the most natural feeling performances I've seen in such a long time. Uh, yep. Not to like skip too far ahead, but just the sequence when uh, Ruben realizes that what's his girlfriend? What's her name? Lou. Uh, Lou. Lou. When Lou starts scratching her arm mm -hmm. after he had noticed she had stopped itching her arm and the, 
way that whole sequence plays out and his realization and them both realizing it, it's such a human way when two people who've known each other so intimately don't have to speak and yet so mm-hmm. much is being spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, the way, just like the way he moves, the way he reacts to the situation, the the first sequence when his hearing starts to go, mm-hmm. the way he's like moving his ear and his neck and the way his body is flow like you can tell how uncomfortable he is like you've been there when you've got like water stuck in your ear when you've gone swimming or something you're kind of like god (laughs) this is so annoying um and uh the film creates such an amazing sense of like unknown like Mm -hmm. you're constantly it's not fear it's Mm -hmm. just but it is but it's also like there's so many small emotions happening at all times um yeah. it's just like a feat of excellence like it's really incredible what this movie does let's talk about riz like something that i think makes his performance and like the screenplay and the directing everything just like so good is that the movie is not like as much as it is about someone coping with losing their ability to, to hear things it's really about them losing like their their identity. Like mm-hmm. Riz defines, you know, or Ruben defines himself as like a musician. Obviously, I mean, that is what he is. He's a touring musician, you know, and his whole life is based around this. And it's something that I think anyone when you're watching it, you can relate to. Like everyone can think, oh, like that'd be awful to lose your hearing. Obviously, that is. But I think what this movie does a good job of showing you is that it's like, what is it like to lose something that you consider a part of your identity? Like, like if you love to cook, like what would happen if you lost your ability to taste food? Like, how would you respond to that? Or, you know, I mean, it's just like, and Riz does such a good job of not just being mad that he's losing it, but his frustration is also Mm -hmm. channeled into him wanting to learn ASL, like eventually and him to, you know, obviously and really, want to put in that uh yeah. the, the implant hearing implant and stuff like that like everyone can relate to that like you would do so much to Push get against. back something like you wish you had you know i, I don't know it's it, it's just so masterfully done like for, from his part yeah like i was sitting there watching it and i turned to my friend and i was like if i this is like if i went blind like I right, I have exactly. absolutely nothing to offer you as a human being, like nothing. Right. I, my, my skills are a hundred percent tied into my ability to like look at something and judge if it's good or not. Like that's mm-hmm. I've tr- that's what I've done my whole life is train my eyes to do that. Like so, if that was taken from me, like I what do I have? What do I have to offer? Is so limited. It's so scary. Um, but it's so fascinating to watch his like determination. Like mm-hmm. uh, he and you get what's great is you get these like amazing hints of it, like right at the beginning of the movie when he's like meticulously taking care of his mixer and he's yeah. cleaning it out. And it's like this is a guy who knows how to squeeze every like every last drop mm-hmm. of what he has available to him. And he will do whatever he can do, yeah. with whatever he has to get what he mm-hmm. wants, you know, mm-hmm. and that just transfers to his like never-ending quest to like get his hearing back or like Mm -hmm. become like get something and be something um Mm -hmm. and it's so fascinating to watch a character successfully achieve that goal 
and have mm-hmm. that desire and need to succeed in that way be his downfall yeah. is such an incredible shift in terms of like theme where it's like you're like yeah yeah he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and then you have this amazing sequence with uh hit joe the guy who runs mm-hmm. the, the school mm-hmm. and he's just like hey man like he the background story on ruben but he was like an addict he's a recovering addict and he basically sits there and tells him like you're showing signs of being an addict right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just his desire to get back to that life that he had before. And Mm -hmm. he just Mm -hmm. so badly wants to go back to it. Instead of becoming a musician, he's taking all of that energy and drive and determination, like putting it towards something. And in the end, it's like, that's not even what he should be doing. And like that transition is so masterfully set up. Mm -hmm. Um, And the performances just built is so beautifully built there. It's, yeah, it's madness. We get this glimpse of him like as a musician, like very quickly when his life seems great and he's in this bubble with Lou and and they've both been through some shit. And like we kind of know that and we learn more and more throughout the film. Um, and then it's just like this thing happens where he loses his ear- hearing and I think his world kind of gets blown wide open. And it's just interesting to see like the way Ruben is represented like Joe obviously kind of like instills the like not point of the film but just kind of like the idea that he should just try to like lean into acceptance and like slow down and stay still and if you watch carefully like his character um Ruben is like literally never sitting still ever like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I don't know and then as like things move on obviously like He's still struggling, but you kind of see him almost getting there. But mm-hmm. it's just a really awesome. He's a really well portrayed character. <laughs> yeah, uh, something uh, something that I didn't click with as much the first time, but really did the second time is the story of Lou played by Olivia Cook. Mm. Uh, it's like the first time I watched it, I was like you know, why didn't she wait for him? Like kind of the typical sort of like rom-com angle to it. Like, yeah, you know, why didn't she, you know, stick around with him and all sorts of stuff. But the, on the second viewing, it is like, no, you also like, she is being supportive for him. She had him come over, but she also like realizes that part of her life is gone. She yeah. like the thing that she loses, she also had to work through, which we they kind of discuss when he has conversations with their parents and all that sort of stuff a little bit. Um, and I really, really liked on the second, th- second pass, like yeah. what they did w- with her character. Cause if oh, you think yes, about it, 100%. it's like, obviously she's not the, f- like, sh- or, like she's a supporting character. She's not the focal point of the film. But like I said before, you get such a wholesome view as who she, of who she is. And she, in her own way is doing the same thing he's doing because she's also been through some shit. And like, she knows that, and they're in this together, in this bubble together, that disruption puts them both at risk and and she recognizes that she wants to take care of him, but not at the expense of her own well-being, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which I think is so such a powerful portrayal portrayal um, of a character Mm -hmm. of a a female as a woman as well. Um, So, yeah, so she ultimately is doing the same thing she gets herself to somewhere safe where she can feel safe and supported and like 
you know, work through this in, in whatever way she can. Obviously, it's not as extreme as Ruben's situation, but it, it's like the parallels are there. There's something interesting about that, too. Like when they filmed the movie, they actually filmed it in order, which is kind of rare for Ooh. movies to do. Just oh. Production wise, it's always more difficult to do that. Um, and so when Olivia, she was gone basically for most of like the second act when, you know, Ruben is at the rehab center and she purposely, Olivia, she being Olivia Cook, purposely did not reach out to Riz to ask like how anything was going. So like her like distance was also like in her personal life. Like she decided to distance herself from Riz Ahmed to help bring that out on screen, which I I love when, when yeah. actors do stuff like that. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Totally. Uh, catch what do you think about yeah about uh yeah like her just as everyone has already said like her performance is so um so nuanced like there's so many again so many ways that this could have played out badly um Mm -hmm. in terms of how you deal with how these characters interacting um and you never really you never hate her like you never are never at least for me like uh, like you, you never you you always understand like i remember when he first sneaks in and checks out the her webpage and she's got you know video of her performing uh on her own like with some pet like sound pedals and stuff on the yeah. floor and he gets like you know he gets jazzed by it because he's like oh god she's sort of moving on without me um and i was just like yeah of course she is like she can't sit around and wait for you like she's got to pay bills she's got to do her thing and she's got you know it's she's not going to stop for you and mm-hmm. um then you get and you meet her dad, who I instantly get creepy vibes from, and I I think it's just how that guy looks. <laughs> I just assume something shady and nefarious is happening whenever mm. he's on screen. Um, <laughs> I really, but he ended up actually not being so bad, yeah. but like still a weird yeah. kind of dude. Um, very, it might be very French. I yeah, that's just maybe what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, but just like when when you get when you meet up with her again just you understand totally where she's at the mm-hmm. way that she moves away from him when she's kissing the way that she's like almost falling back into their routine yeah. but is struggling yeah. to yeah. pull back from that is just like my goodness like yeah my what, goodness really, yeah incredible yeah and and i think too the performances are so wonderful the script is the cinematography in this movie is mm-hmm. excellent like mm-hmm. um there's moments where it's just that what's great about it is just the way that they're using light in a small corridor, the way he walks up some stairs, like it looks nice. Mm-hmm. But that sequence um, when she lose playing piano with her dad at that party. Yeah. And the way like the camera moves through and pulls in and then turns to Ruben and then captures his reaction, like the cinematography with his performance, you no words are spoken and like, so much is conveyed Mm -hmm. um and i and it's a film that is like every part of it is working together in conjunction every it's not like whoa that's so flashy or this is so brilliant it's like every piece is holding up the other piece Mm -hmm. in order to like push everything up um and that scene doesn't work as well without this thing that they actually do throughout the whole movie which is every scene you know, when uh, Ruben is the main character, which I guess is like pretty much every scene, um, <laughs> you get sort of the initial audio of what the room sounds like. 
Mm-hmm. And then yeah. as you progress through to the end of the scene or to a certain part of the scene, the audio shifts to like what Ruben is hearing mm-hmm. yeah, as like being deaf or some sort of approximation of what they believe that that might sound like. And it's so perfect because every time it starts happening, you're like, oh, God damn it. And then you realize what it's how bad it sounds like it's always a worse experience than you remember it being from like the last time they did the transition. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always so much more. um, Yeah. But uh, sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Just to like counter that a little bit, like sometimes it is extreme like I think especially with like the lack of score it's like they want to kind of like emote how you know Ruben's feeling through through what he's hearing or or having a hard time hearing like when he's um doing the test with the doctor like that's oh my god that's tough but then there's scenes where it's like when he they have like their hands on the piano and then Again, it does exactly what you say it does. And it's like you can hear the piano clearly. And then we get closer to Ruben and hear it the way he is experiencing it. And it wasn't that to me wasn't a rough moment. That was actually kind of a beautiful moment. Mm. Um, It was like very faint. And obviously, like you could tell that he was like upset that he couldn't hear it. I don't know. It was like a reflective moment for him. He was like kind of upset, but you could also tell he was like moved and and, like just letting himself like hear what he could. And you could Mm -hmm. see him being like both sad for what he's lost and grateful for like what he still had. I, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's very complex. Yeah. Um, (laughs) let's, let's, uh, veered a little bit, but let's chat about, uh, our boy, Paul Racy, who plays, plays oh. Joe who is the uh the owner of like the deaf rehab center. Yeah. One of the most incredible performances I of last year if not yeah. like one of my favorites ever. I mean it's so good. That exhale after him and Ruben have that tough conversation. It's yeah. like a knife in the freaking heart. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy like that scene that that you're talking about Boom! It could have been like a huge blow up, kind of yeah. really over dramatized, like you can't be here anymore type of thing. But yeah, the way they do it, it's it's so much more effective. Totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and for me, I think you know, obviously, I think a big part of the the uh, Paul segment, the second act, is more like it was very educational, at least for me. Um, mm-hmm. I have I had no clue there were deaf rehab centers obviously that makes sense um (laughs) to have people who need that support in a very specific environment um but then like all the stuff with the school and and how like the methods they were using to like you know uh deactivate and some help them train up to be like to learn asl and become accustomed with it i thought was so interesting and i think paul just it just seemed like so real it just seemed like yeah he he does this you know and obviously with his background as like a coda person a member of the coda community it it all makes sense but yeah what uh what else were your thoughts boom on on paul um yeah i agree with you it was just like a very amazing um and moving performance i think with the character that he was playing kind of like 
dealing with people who are recovering addicts, you know, and that could be in various stages. Um, it's like obviously someone who's kind of like the the leader in a situation like that has to have like an incredible toughness to them. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, you know, and you could feel that pressure on his shoulders, like through the performance, mm. you could tell that he also just had this very like divine and beautiful softness to him. Um, mm-hmm. and he had been through some shit. Um, he was a real again, life Vietnam vet also. So like, that's his oh, character wow. is that he is like the original character was supposed to be a desert storm veteran, I believe, but they yeah. found Paul and they changed his character and yeah. that, uh, he also was a real life Vietnam vet. So that I think a lot of performance oh. comes from his true. Background. Yeah. He definitely drew from that. And yeah, it's just such a rich character and I love his dynamic with Ruben. I love the way that he is very like secure in who he is. Um, and the way that Ruben reacts to him, which is kind of, a very obvious way someone like Ruben would react to him. Yeah. Totally. Um, but I love that he doesn't budge. He doesn't give in to his shit. Like he stays stoic, but still gives you so much. I, yeah, he outstanding, um, outstanding performance for sure. Catcher, what about you? No, I'm not, there's not everything you guys both said just covers <laughs> everything. How I feel about this performance. Like I, as I was watching it, I immediately was like this, he better have been nominated um, yeah. he deserves a nomination. Uh, I don't know if he deserves the win. I'd have to see the rest of the category, but I just think this is a performance to watch, um, mm-hmm. as the rest of the performances are to watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and just to sort of maybe continue on what you guys were saying, I was very much expecting this movie to be a big downer. Like mm-hmm. I was really expecting this to be difficult to watch. Um, we were discussing earlier, like, addiction films and talking about like Requiem for a Dream, you know, and just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. film and especially given uh Derek C and France's involvement with this story. Um definitely You were let, expecting it to be really heavy. Yeah. I mean it is like, heavy, but it is right. heavy, but what yeah. I love about it is it manages to be it manages to you feel the intensity of what's happening, but it never feels overwhelming it Mm -hmm. never feels like like a barrage it always Mm -hmm. you always for some reason or another and maybe it's because of the the lack of sound maybe um Mm -hmm. but you are it never feels too much to bear um and but you never lose the intensity of what's what you're witnessing or what the characters are experiencing and i just think that is such an incredible thing to do because so many of these movies are going to be like you couldn't put this on, like put them on during the day and hang out. You could sit down in the afternoon, like put this on and like, and go for a ride and not feel emotion, like emotionally drained at the end. Yeah. Um, that you, you feel like you're like working Blue through Valentine it with him. Or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's yes. a great way to put it. Boom. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. And it, it's funny because the way that the, the film ends, like they've sort of like interspersed different shots of like nature Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, like, okay, is this going to be? Is just it's just going to be filler shots, or does this mean something? And as you watch it, depending on sort of the mood of the weather, 
or the na- the nature sort of like really does reflect sort of where he's at. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting to the last scene and, uh, you know, he like pulls the implant implants out and it's all, mm-hmm. and you're so thankful that he's done that. You're just like, God, just do that already. Like, mm-hmm. is this worth it? And he just looks up and he's looking through the trees and the sun is coming through. And I just like yelled at the TV. I was like, what did I say? I wrote it down. Cause it was just so funny. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, have the courage to end it here. You cowards. Yeah. That's what I yelled at the screen. Because oh, like the directors. At the directors. Yeah. Like, right, this right. is the moment. Like, I don't care it what is. happens. Like, this is the moment. And I was, with, I was there with my, a couple of my friends. Boom, Delulo was there. Um, and it was just like, it cut to black. And they just started laughing. And I was like, like thank you. Like, thank you for doing that. Because it was like, yeah. this is where the story was. Like, I don't need to see... What he does. I just need right. to know that he got there, like emotionally, yeah. intellectually. And it was just so striking um, yeah. that that they ended it the way they did. Uh, the end, to me, kind of just like serves as the beginning. And I'm yes. just like, yes. and like you said, I'm like, I don't need to know what happens next. I just feel like happy and content in this moment. And yes, what a beautiful way to end the film. Yep. You've been told a story like that. Like, you know, I think a lot of times we forget that when we're especially like superhero mania where it's like, you know, this is just part of the big thing. It's like, no, stories have a beginning, middle end. They have a theme. And it was like this one just so well embodied what it was trying to talk about um, yep. and mm-hmm. the story it was trying to tell. So, yep. yeah. Nice. Uh, well, it's pretty clear none of us like this movie. Yeah, it was so. a garbage yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh, go to Oh, just yep. one thing. Yep. The first like 10 <laughs> minutes of the the first 10 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. The him playing. Mm-hmm. I missed Killer. going to shows so <laughs> yeah. bad. I was Brutal. just like, "Oh yeah. my, yeah. this is a show I would go to. Like this is the type of show I would be at." And this was oh, no. I was just like, oh, "I miss being in the pit just getting yeah. crazy at a show." Me too. You would yeah, you God. would not find me at a Black Gammon concert, Ian? Would you, <laughs> I would. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's that, yeah, I, I like, was really into that type of music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Japan Japan Droids at the Danforth Music Hall. Like that's where <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to our Criterion moments. Uh for new listeners, which there are more of each and every week. I should have thanked you at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh first time listeners, second time listeners, as a reminder, uh each week after our discussion, we choose what moment or scene or sequence we think uh, is the reason why this the film we're discussing is in the Criterion Collection, followed by our satellite picks, which is another piece of content that we think uh, relates to uh, the film that we're discussing. So let's go with our uh, Criterion moment first. Who is up? Who's who's taking Ian's shit today? Yeah, who's taking mine first? <laughs> Ian, Ian go shit. ahead. Uh, yeah, Ian, you go. God. Okay, I, I had a couple, but I'm going to go where my heart is. Uh, for me, it's um, the sequence, the the uh, it's not like the most flashy sequence, but for me, it's where I was like affected the most. Uh, the montage where he's teaching the kids like how to play drums oh, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, I'm like a very passionate musician and I got like very emotional watching someone teaching kids who are hard of hearing or deaf like to play music like i thought that was like a really really beautiful scene not Mm -hmm. only because of him like where he is is, as a character but just like in real life 
I just love that that is a thing that just because you can't hear, it does not mean you cannot play music. And yeah, like that just struck like (laughs) struck a chord. Uh, You know, it just (laughs) it it was just very, uh, you know, I I I was very attached to that scene. So that's my scene. That's my criterion moment. Mm -hmm. Nice. Next up. Also, wait, can I just quickly? This is like such a random thing. But um, Diane or Diana, the teacher, the teacher. Yeah, she is like there's something about her. I like looked her up after. um, But there's something about her. I was like, she's a stunning. But like her, I was like so just drawn to her presence on screen. Like she was such a small role. But, like, mm-hmm. she just had, like, this beautiful, like, smile and just, like, looked at all the kids, like, so lovingly. I was just, like, she just has such a good energy and, like, it was, like, really feeding my soul. So random. Nice. but Agreed. No, I agree. Um, totally. She was yeah. great. She is also um, de- actually deaf as well. Yeah. She was, like, Miss like Miss Deaf America or something. Like, she was in a Oh, pageant. really? I, I didn't see that Yeah. Part. Oh, and she's funny. an actress as well, of course. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So... Wait, who can I go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already yapping away over here. <laughs> um, okay, so my Criterion moment is when Joe and Ruben are sitting down and talking. Um, it's not when he gets kicked out. Um, it's when mm-hmm. Ruben is kind of like after the sequence you were talking about, Ian. It's like mm-hmm. when Ruben is kind of starting to learn sign language, and it's like the first time we see. Um, Joe and Ruben interacting without the te- uh, like the text translator. Yep, and that's when Joe kind of like offers them a job and like tells him he's like really valuable. Um, and like people like enjoy having him around, and I just think it's like a really pivotal point for Ruben's character. Um, because we've seen him like in complete denial, kind of just pushing against everything. And then we slowly see him becoming more and more accepting of his situation and like learning to live like, um, and I don't know. So that's just kind of like the moment where he could like really step into acceptance and he's like almost there. Um, and then he sees that video of Lou and that kind of just like goes away and he, and then I just think that moment I don't know. Like, I just think that moment might pass us by, but it really had an impact on me mm-hmm. personally. That idea of kind of like being so close to something, but like the final stretch is the hardest. And it just kind of like lends to great insight to everything that happens after that. Like him kind of like selling all his stuff and like getting the yep. implant and all that. And then ultimately the ending. So yep. <laughs> that's mine. <Nice. laughs> the criteria moment for me, 100% is the scene when he looks at him and he tells him that he's showing signs of being an addict mm-hmm. and th- this film just takes on a whole other level when you, when that sort of pieces it together and you recognize that his new addiction is like trying to hold on to his old life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way that is just conveyed in a few words between two people or two signs, you know, you know, just two people just like having a conversation and it's not flashy. It's not a blowout. People aren't yelling. Mm -hmm. People aren't smashing things. It's just two people having an honest conversation. Like this goes back to last week or theme last week. Mm -hmm. Interesting for this day and age that conversation seems to be the thing that's 
quite vital mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. art. I think mm-hmm. that says something. Um, but I just think it takes this movie to a whole other level. Um, yeah. In terms of its meaning and and what it's trying and its themes and what it's trying to talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that scene that is specifically when he sort of like mentions his his yeah. addiction. But just a yeah, oh. sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like how rare. I mean, I think this movie's doing a lot of things that like we haven't necessarily seen before or experienced in the way that this film is putting putting forward. Like how rare is it to get a story of somebody who is like living as a recovering addict and it doesn't center around like relapse or like a spiral mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's like also not this like overly aspirational tale of like conquering addiction. Like, and I don't know, like I just felt like the audience is, were just like held in tension with Ruben the whole film and first watch you're obviously like kind of wondering those things like will he relapse and like you know or how will he fail um right. but instead we're just kind of like showing or sorry we're being shown different manifestations of like coping and kind of like guilt and shame and acceptance um mm-hmm. so it's great it's a new perspective and it's awesome <laughs> yeah so let's go to our satellite picks <laughs> uh, let's go in reverse order so catcher you first Okay, so also this week, I watched a movie. I didn't want to talk about it because it was going to be my pairing. I meant, oh, yeah. I alluded last week that I had sort of a pairing in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and many, many moons ago, out? I had seen this movie uh, mm-hmm. called It's All Gone Pete Tong, mm-hmm. which is like, oh. like 2004. The DJ Pete Tong? Yeah, uh, so it's not about Pete Tong. Okay. Uh, it was a, house. This is the essential mix. Right, yeah. right, right. So in uh, in England, there's a phrase. It's called "It's all gone, Pete Tong," which is oh, basically like it's all gone to shit. And uh, <laughs> basically, what it is is about an English DJ who lives in a Ibiza. Is that right? Is that Ibiza. Yeah. yeah, Ibiza, Ibiza. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he goes deaf. He's oh. a, it's uh, not based on a true story. It's just a fictional tale. But it is about this guy who is basically a big time partier DJ guy who goes deaf and his sort of like um, his struggles with dealing with that and him comes sort of coming out the other side. Mm. Um, it is not this movie. It's all gone. Pitong is not a sound of metal. It's much uh, flashier, much yeah. more fast paced. It deals a lot with more with the bullshit cliches um, that you this movie so adamantly avoids um this also is like a dealing with a character who is has a drug addiction and is mm-hmm. and is, that is part of his process with regards to like getting clean his addiction is like visualized by like a giant mascot of a squirrel whose nose is like covered in powder and spit and it's like corroding and That's it's horrifying. constantly chasing him around yes it's horrifying <laughs> Ian's uh, face it's right just now. everything yeah yeah so it's the complete opposite of this. Um, sort of along the line, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if this was something that I could uh, like nicely compare or sort of like uh, offset compare. And it's definitely like offset. Like this is sh- proves how bad you can do this story and how good like Sound of Metal, how well crafted it is. It's just a totally mm-hmm. different beast um, that really does not pay as much respect to deaf culture the idea or concept of being deaf, like the person who 
teaches him ASL, also becomes his like lover and they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's all very like clean and easy and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just not nearly as good, but a fascinating thing to watch sort of like as a mirror to this movie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, boom. What about you? Um, so my pairing for sound of metal is Minari. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah. So I know that sounds like a little weird, but hear me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, I guess just keeping up with the theme of Oscar month, but also kind of a shift in like a shift we're now seeing in the way stories like of marginalized people are being told, you know, be it people with disabilities, racialized folks, um, mm-hmm. the greatest takeaway from Minari for me was like this small scale story. Like it felt big, but this small scale story of like a family and it's incredibly heartfelt and still eye opening in the way that they're choosing to tell the story. But it's also not like drenched in like this speculative idea of like what Hollywood Hollywood thinks is like the life of a Korean immigrant. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like. Mm-hmm those things being avoided in, in sound of metal, right? Like in 2008 sound of metal would have been, you know, he would have like relapsed, gone back, Mm -hmm. got better, you know, went back, got the girl and then become, became, became a chart topping musician. Like, you know, that's literally what happens. That's literally what happens. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally what happens to that movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah, so and what becomes so great um, and big about these stories is that they exist in just like this really honest and raw space and they bring it down to a human level. Um, so even if you're not like relating specifically to the experiences like that, these characters are having, there's still like a universal language that's being spoken um, that people can really connect with. Um, so I felt that way watching Minari a few weeks ago um, and I felt that way watching Sound of Metal. Uh, so therefore, that is my pairing. <laughs> Beautifully said. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, good pick. I love that movie. Uh, yeah. My pick is not a film. Uh, my pick Ooh. is a band. One of my favorite bands ever. They're called Death Grips. Um, okay. They're like a. They kind of sound like what their name sounds like. Uh, they Angry are film like. <laughs> they they are like an aggressive like rap m- punk metal get it trio yes. it's 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 really hard to explain them um but i like they are one of my favorite bands ever like top <laughs> five probably um and their the music in this movie that their band really reminds me of some death gripsy type stuff not all of it uh but if you're gonna listen to them this song black paint maybe i'll throw in a little bit in here um really reminds me of some of the music in there i actually thought it would be inspired by it but they didn't mention death grips in there but Check them out. They are not for everyone, uh, <laughs> but I do love them quite a bit. I've um, never listened to them, but people like random people that I'll meet through my life that like I respect their taste in music always mention Death Grips. 
Yeah, I like love, love, so, love them. Yeah. Check out Check The out. Money Store, which is their first album from like 2012. And then um, the album Year of the Snitch, which is their most recent one. Uh, and then the song Black Paint specifically, I think is, is a good thing nice. for it. Cool. Uh, well, that was Sound of Metal. Great discussion. Yeah. Yay. Can I just say quickly that? Yes. I was watching this. <laughs> sorry. I'll no, 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 no. No, go, go, go. Um, what? <laughs> two things occurred to me. One, um, we 150% can get more characters in films who sign and who are deaf. There's mm-hmm. no reason this can't happen. Like this movie just proves how dramatic and um, uh, communicative signing can be. Mm-hmm. Like, and it is like, I can't sign. I can't read sign at all, but mm-hmm. you know, I just felt so in tune with what was going on. Nice. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So we have two voicemails. I don't know. We got some social media action for, um, mm. uh, for boom, but let's go to our voicemails first. Once again, if you want, have any thoughts, uh, you can send a voicemail or email to synodotspod at gmail.com. And our first one, this is from dear friend of the show, Marcy, who sent this even a week in advance. She was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Sound of Metal. Uh, so here we go. Hey, Synonauts. It's Marcy. I had to call in this week um, for many reasons. First, I would really, really like to thank Boom. She officially deemed Conan O'Brien as a snack. I 100% agree. He's got the height. He's got the humor. He's got my heart. Okay. He's perfect. I love him. Thank you, Boom, for lighting the light for everyone to see. Conan O'Brien is indeed a snag. Wow. The second reason I'm calling, I know Boom and Ian are aware of this, but Catcher, you need to know, I love Riz Ahmed. I love him so much. I can't even begin to explain my love for him, but he is... Mm, that man yes he means a lot to me (laughs) so i was so excited when you guys picked sound of metal for this week i love this movie so much riz is amazing paul rocky is amazing i'm so happy it's getting so much recognition for award season i think it's Mm -hmm. well deserved and i think more people need to watch this movie so good things all around on that i really wanted to call in because i love the ending to this movie Oh, yeah. I think it's perfect. I'm going to get a little bit emotional here. I'll try my best not to, but (laughs) I think that ending is just perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we follow Ruben's story and, you know, life threw a big obstacle in his way and it it changes everything Mm -hmm. for him. And he has to decide, is he going to continue to fight his predetermined fate or is he just going to embrace this new chapter in his life? And I'm so glad with the decision he makes at the end of that movie. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for picking this. I love this movie. And as I said, I love Riz. I'm ready to go yell yes. off a mountain because of how much I love him and how excited I am for this episode. And then just one more thing. Um, sorry, this is like a little long. Ian, no, love um, it. San Junipero, have you watched it yet? If not, why? I really need to know. It's killing me. It's killing Boom. And I know it's killing Catcher as well. So please do us all a favor. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much for letting me ramble on. I just love this movie. I love you guys. I love this show. 
thank oh, you again you. for everything and i hope to call in soon bye uh no, bye marcy, marcy. thanks marcy. marcy yeah my I heart feel is bad like because i've not right i've now. never seen i've never seen san junipero yeah so you need I, to get to <laughs> you have, Ian has one hour of viewing to do because we can do San Junipero. You need I, to watch I, Margaret and San Junipero. I promise I will hours. watch San Junipero. Yes. Next but week. thank you, Marcy. Uh, thank you, Marcy. Really beautiful voicemail. Yeah. yeah. And Riz is Da God. Uh, yeah. Ian, yes, that's usually is. Ian's thing, but Da God. Da God. <laughs> His performance in A Night of, if, uh, mm. if or yeah. Night of. Yeah, the night of, yeah, so good. It, it, that show is incredible. His performance Unreal. is chef kiss. Unreal. Oh, thank man. you, Marcy. Okay. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You, Marcy. Love, love the passion. Um, all right, let's go to our second voicemail. This is from uh, H over at Dune Pod. Centernauts, it's H reporting in. Hello. I just wanted to call and say thank you so much for motivating me to watch Sound oh, and Metal. Yes. I've been wanting to see it for a long time and finally getting the drive to do it. Uh, Riz, yeah. is there anything this guy cannot do? Seriously. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I will say Olivia Cook's mm. dyed eyebrows threw me off yeah. in the first 35, 40 minutes Agreed. of the movie. But just the pain and the and um, the, the denial and, and just really the... I don't know. He was just torn up and it was so real and so well done. That was incredible. I do think the breakout performance in the film, though, mm-hmm. was actually Paul Racy as Joe. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. That guy completely blew me away. Anyways, great film. Regarding <laughs> Synodots in the City, I've never watched <laughs> Sex in the City, but I do want to say if Bantz, uh, you know, the Bat and Spider Boys can do two episodes a week, the main show and a Crypt Keeper's Coffin, there's no reason why <laughs> Synodots can't do two episodes, uh, the main, and then go through every episode for seven seasons. All right. Right. Yeah, putting us to work. Look forward to hearing H- more, guys. Thank you, H. June Pod. Yes, putting us to work. Unfortunately, I do not think we have the time to do that as, as much yeah. as I would love to. Yeah. H is well aware I have a first kid on the way and he's still trying first to accept the this And I idea. have a cat, H. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. We have a cat involved, all right? Also, I have dishes and big brother to watch, you know? I don't have this kind of time in my life. Yeah. Uh, it will come eventually, though. Yes, in yeah. the city is coming. Yes. Oh yeah. In the form that it tells us it wants to be in. Again, we don't have any control <laughs> over it. It it is decided for us that we will be yeah. doing it, and it'll decide for us how it looks. The fates have spoken. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, once again, Boom's going to be on Dune Pod to talk about Malcolm and Marie, which she obviously loved. Uh, <laughs> so we. <laughs> uh, make sure you tune in to that uh, next week. You said right next week. Yeah, it'll be out next Monday, I believe. Now, let's go to tea with Boom. Tea, Boom, what was the social media tea this week? We had It looks like we had some fun convos on there. I threw a question out about uh, Sound of Metal um, as it's kind of about a few. There's a lot of themes in it, like loss, um, addiction, living with a d- disability. Um, so I just kind of asked people what films they like that fall into that theme. Um, Yoli Zena said train spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. I haven't seen it. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. 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 If you were a guy in college, mm-hmm. you have mm. seen that movie. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's like an ultimate like film bro. Like I, I love think movies, so. Yeah. Movie for college. So, I haven't seen. Um, it's very I've good though. The, it is very good. 
Yeah, I've read the book, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the film, which is so strange. I should definitely mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Sleep. I also haven't seen that. How does do you guys Who like have that? an idea? And um, Neil, our fourth host. Oh, okay, Neil, our fourth host. Okay, because I was able to slim. I think he's trolling because he knows I really do not like that movie. <laughs> oh. <I'm> not like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't. Would it I be honestly lost, can't. Perhaps. Definitely loss. 100% loss. And I know Neil yeah. genuinely likes the movie, so I'm not razzing Neil. I know he definitely, definitely Neil, likes the movie. Neil, okay. call in or write in and let us know. Yeah, I am curious about yeah. that. Uh, have you seen Dr. Sleepcatcher? Not yet. Um, <laughs> the Shining is not like on my top list of Kubrick films. So I wasn't okay. like really pulled, but I, I heard like it's actually, well, I had heard that it was like oddly good, but Ian says So no. a lot of people liked it. A lot of our friends liked it. I thought it was just complete trash and and like and i went in like wanting it to be really good i wasn't like they should never do this like i went in i'm ready for like this this sequel to the shining and it was so bad i I, (laughs) I, like it was awful but people like it neil loves it i I love neil so and i respect his taste in movies so uh yeah neil write in let us um yeah and you asked if uh that was slim it was not but slim did did (laughs) Um, <laughs> make an entry, okay. and he said, "Paul Racy Award or We Riot." Mm. And That's I say, true. I stand with Slim. <laughs> yes, I got my That's sign true. ready, ready to go. <laughs> Best supporting is uh, he's going up against Daniel Kaluuya, so he's he's probably going to lose. I thought uh, they were both nominated for none. supporting. Supporting Kaluuya and Lakeith are in supporting, but yeah, Kaluuya is going to win because because of category fraud, which I do not approve. Category of. fraud. Kaluuya, 100%. Kaluuya is definitely the lead character in that movie, but they campaigned him as supporting actor because he would not win. What is going lead. on at the Oscars? Shenanigans. Right Who do you think is up for best actor? There is no best Chadwick. actor for Judas and the Black Messiah, but no, Chadwick but I- is. Chadwick's oh, going to win. Th- oh, I see. Okay. They knew yeah. Chadwick they is going to win. win. I see. It's a okay. shoe in So they were campaigning uh, both of them as supporting, which is bullshit. bullshit. If you ask me. Bullshit. I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. And uh, not just yeah. not just because it sort of like wraps up some noms like in the category that they don't mm-hmm. belong in, but it's like mm-hmm. those performances, having not seen it, but knowing both of the talents of those two actors, like they deserve at least to be nominated yeah. For, for the, their respective like, the yeah. role that they played which was like leading role you know that seems yeah because yeah. if you watch that movie daniel kaluuya is the lead character there's no question about it he is abs- it is absolutely like about him and yeah. and and lakeith is absolutely the auxiliary like kind of guiding the story along 100%. but as, as the b character mm, interesting. can i put something out on the table quickly right now yes. trademark trademark TM, TM, um, riz mm-hmm. lakeith mm-hmm. daniel mm-hmm. steven Mm-hmm. heist movie oh, oh yeah <laughs> i love a good team up heist movie yeah mama mama oh i want all those snacks on my screen and i want them to rob <laughs> a bank Christ. our the, the, the state of our voicemails after that sophie and marcy just leaving 10 minute voicemails my goodness hot that would be that would, yeah that would be, We'd have to release that on a separate feed. It'd be an SFW. <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> Just yeah, like thirst, Synonauts thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> Unrated. <laughs> yeah, no, that would, we have to release like 2 a.m. for like a limited time window so that other people couldn't hear it. It would, it would have to be something else. 
Ugh. Anyway, thank you all for right. all the voicemails. Thank you for yeah. the social media DMs. Um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, now what? Okay, I waited because I figured maybe some of the voicemails would say it or someone uh, would it bring it up. Okay. In the moments. Yes. We did not once talk about the scene where he, like, turns on the hearing aid for the first time. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> I mean, let's. This this is your new trademark. You just throw in one thing that we need to touch on. Yeah. Uh, At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because I insane. keep forgetting, and then I check my notes, and I'm like, shit, I didn't squeeze I, it in. I watched the movie with headphones the first time, which I recommend. Yeah. If anyone's going to watch it again or watching for the first time, watch Ooh. it with headphones because okay. it's really cool. Yeah. And that like messed me up. That that was insane. Like, because you hear about, uh, uh, Paul is saying, hey, it's not going to sound how you think, and then the doctors are like. FYI, it's not it's not perfect, but you don't yeah. expect that, and that was like it's bad. It was insane. It was yeah, gut, yeah. Gut and gut just punch, like yeah. the empowering. I mean, obviously anybody can make any decision they want and like do what they feel is right for them, but just kind of like the empowering yeah. messaging of being like we're not we're not fixing anything here. There's nothing to fix. Right. Like we are living with and living proudly. Love it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's what hurts so bad is because like he's given everything up. Like he's given sold everything. Gear, yeah, he's, he's given away his family. Like he's left this mm-hmm. like uh, the the center, and he's all alone. And like for what? Nothing basically. It's all mm-hmm. nothing. Oh God. Okay, I'm sorry. And, we can go now. And and on that note, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and we're done for no, real. Goodbye. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. As am I. Yeah. Next week we're gonna talk about uh, the last movie for our little Oscars adventure. Uh, it is nominated for Best Documentary Feature, and it is called Time, um, directed by yeah. Garrett Bradley. I, I know nothing about this movie. Neither do I. And I'm, I'm so going excited. into it like super blind. I'd yeah, like to same. keep it that way. From what I understand, it is best to watch it blind. So okay. I won't even say what it's about, but it's available to stream on Prime Video now here in the huh. States. Yeah, I think sure. they're doing it like available for the next week or something. I okay, think. so, so you got to watch it soon. I've, I've yeah. heard very good things about it. Um, it's time for time time for time and yeah then we're gonna be on to our usual shenanigans shenanigans best shenanigans thanks well this was fun this was fun as always boomcatcher i will see you next week see See you later bye bye ciao